0: Hello, Kules. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here back in the Spanish capital. As many of you know, I went to Barcelona this past weekend to go watch the Champions League final at a bar there with some fans, along with Mariana Guzman, who joins me every Friday. And also, I went to the Villarreal match last night. And those are going to be the two things that I'm going to talk to you about today. The first item we need to get into is the Champions League final. I was so upset about this loss. This felt as though it was the hardest stomach punch we could ever get as a Kool-Aid for this year. You know, for all the bad the men were this year with their performances and lack of trophies, the feminine were filling that void. And Saturday night was a very tough pill to swallow. Before the lead up to this match, Leon were seen as arrogant. And I really didn't see it that way. I just think they were pushing back. They have won seven champions leagues in the last 11 years. So they have a right to be arrogant. And one of the main reasons they thought that, you know they had an excellent shot in this victory was that when they last played Barcelona, they were not fully healthy, and they've had an up and down season last season with major injuries to their star players. And this season they were back and they were ready to take the fight to the Femini. Now on Friday, I was talking to Mariana and I was nervous about the match because when you get to these one match-offs, it's about styles, right? We always talk about styles and it's our passing quick movement style against the height and physicality of Leon. And unfortunately, this match reminded me a lot of the latest encounters we've had with Bayern Munich on the men's side where Lyon were just physical and it was clear from the first 15 minutes that the referee one of the worst refereeing I've seen in a final was going to allow every foul possible especially on that first goal that first goal was a foul was a clear foul there's no way that should have been allowed to continue on and you have to give the Leon player credit for fighting through that and hitting a golasso. I mean, that was a golasso that she hit. And from that point on, I was nervous because I knew that we were in deep, deep trouble. One of the issues I saw from the beginning of the match was that our passing was off. And I don't know if we were nervous or just not used to the speed that Leon were going to bring. Many times, especially in the first 25 minutes, we had heavy touches, the ball escaped from us many times, and also anytime a midfielder got the ball and they would turn, Lyon would intercept the play or make a tackle. It's the good and the bad of the season of Femini. They have been completely dominant this season, so there's no reason why they shouldn't came into this match su- supremely confident. But at the same time, I think within the first 10 minutes, they should have realized that this was going to be a fight, and I didn't, I didn't quite see the fight back at the early stages. Obviously, from I would say minute 45, 40 on, uh, the family definitely did fight back. But again, Leon, Wendy Renard is, as I said before a couple of seasons ago, she's one of the best female football players I've ever seen her class on defense the way she's able to run angles no one had a chance against her on those 1v1s over the top through the middle she read everything and to me that is one of the main stalwarts of Lyon, their defense their back line and wendy renard now is another champion again she is an incredible player a stepping stone for this rivalry to continue now I know that we were able to get a goal back and there was a momentum shift there in the match where Femini looked like they were going to get another one back. But as you know, we have the same problems that we have as the men's side when we're down a goal. And it's this philosophy of at what point do you ditch the style and just create chaos? Because sometimes chaos is good, especially when you're clawing and scratching for the last 20 minutes of a Champions League final. Sometimes it's better just to throw those crosses in there and have seven crosses as opposed to two quality crosses. Because again, it doesn't have to be the prettiest goal. Another error, I think, is that I think Oshwala should have came on sooner. She was not intimidated by Renard, where I think Hermoso was. And I think we were lacking some of that fight. And I think Oshwala would have brought that if she would have started or came in sooner, because as soon as she came in, she was definitely making a difference. But again, I think it was a combination of a couple things. And at this highest level, the margin of error is really, really fine, you know, really small. And unfortunately, we're able to capitalize on those three chances and able to get three quality goals. And so you have to give your hats off to Leon. So now Leon have defeated the Femini in two finals by a combined score of seven to two. One of the upgrades I would look for the Femini is at goalkeeping. If I had to just pick one spot, I think we need maybe a goalkeeper that is a bit more athletic, maybe a bit taller, to help solidify that line. But other than that, you can't argue with the success that the women had this year with La Liga. They're still going to play in the Copa del Reyna. I mean, these are the things that are happening. Unfortunately, the triplette is no longer, and it's unfortunate because they had such a great season in the Champions League run with the two sellout matches at the Camp Nou. But this is the pain of playing sports. You know, just the one-offs. You know, you never know what's going to happen. It was one of the best female teams i've ever seen in my life both of them they were really really good high talent really good ability all around it was an entertaining match stressful and unfortunately the feminine fell short so i'm hoping that they'll be able to learn from this experience especially like how they learned from the first time but if they want to compete at leon's level in these champions leagues we have to be aware of the physicality that they're going to bring to the table. And how do you combat that? You know, in our glory years under Pep, our midfield was so dynamic that we were able to outclass physicalness with Busquets, Xavi, Niesta. And so we need to figure that out with the women or figure out something when the chips are down and just throw chaos in there. Anyway, I walked home that night and I was disgusted because I wanted that trophy very badly. Especially after the rollercoaster of the season with the men. The women were the last ray of hope in my football teams. <laughs> and unfortunately, they were not able to pull it off. But again, they have won La Liga. They're still going to have a chance for the Copa del Reina and... It's still a successful, a very successful campaign for the Femini. I hope that this rivalry continues with Leon because I think ultimately it's going to really elevate the women's game in a way that is going to make it successful for all the leagues in Europe to really push for the women's game. And as you see with Barcelona bringing so many fans to Turin, you can see that people were very excited. I mean, in Barcelona, they were showing the match in Plaza Catalunya on the open air, free screens there. So people are on board. People are very excited about this team. And Barcelona needs to ride this wave going into next season. So ladies, great job this season. Unfortunately, just came up short in the Champions League. Now, let's talk about the Villarreal match that I went to last night where do i start with this with friday as i we were talking mariana they changed the game time to 10 o'clock i cannot stress this enough why i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together i didn't want to do another stomp you out speech it opened up so many more doors the show is called the The deal Deal. listen to the deal listen to the deal on spotify Uh, tvs don't want to be showing barcelona at 10 o'clock at night there's just no fan base for this As I mentioned on Friday's episode, my original plan was to go to the match at 6.30 and then go meet up with some friends at the beach afterwards. And I was really looking forward to that because that was going to be a two-for-one plan for me, essentially. And when they moved the game to 10 o'clock, that totally just threw off my whole Sunday. And, again, we knew this match was a lose-lose proposition just because... Barca players are looking towards the off-season already. It was going to be a low-attended match, which it was. But again, with this 10 o'clock start time, it was absolutely brutal. Let me give you some quick story time on this. So, Before the match, one of our patrons, Kim, uh, messaged me and said we should sit together. I said yes, so we were going to sit together gets get to the match of Villarreal. And so I was heading on up to the stadium to meet up with Kim to have a beer before... The match and lo and behold Kim is a as we like to say a people connector and Kim had a friend of his visiting from Bosnia so we needed an extra ticket and Kim befriended this old man who has been a associate for more than 65 years and this man told us that yes uh, he has an extra ticket because he has the associate card and we can get in no problem so we were very delighted so What was going to happen was Kim and his friend were going to sit together, and I was going to sit with this old man, Santos, it was his name, because Santos didn't speak a lick of English, and I thought it would be a better viewing experience for the old man so that I can speak Spanish with him and just commentate about it the match and also I wanted to get his point of view since he had been a associate for so long and also he had tried out for the Barcelona team way back when when he was a teenager so I thought this was going to be a fun opportunity to get to know someone and talk about the match especially I knew the match was going to be dull and boring and so I thought it was going to be entertaining well sometimes it happens that you have a miscommunication of languages and so forth and we had a major miscommunication because I didn't know that he wanted me to give him cash for the ticket until we sat down in the seat. And apparently he had told Kim, and you know, we we just you know we were so excited to go to the match we just kinda went in. And for all of you that don't know, in the camp know there is no cash machine. <laughs> there is no cash machine whatsoever. And so we were in a bind, and all of a sudden Santos, who was this lovable cute abuelo became very angry at me and was about to call security to get me removed. So in a panic, you know, obviously, I w- didn't want that to happen. And I just tried to keep calm and try to tell him look, I will get you the cash. You know, I tried to say, do you want to do a Bizum, which we have here in Spain, which is like the transfer of money, of course, he didn't have a Bizum, but I just wanted to, you know, give it a shot. And Santos was not happy with me whatsoever. He was he was making so much commotion about this. And I, and I was like, Santos, like I was telling him, you know, I had this podcast. I gave him my business card. I was showing him uh the website. I was showing him like different things. And so I was thinking that, you know, he could quote unquote kind of trust me, but no, he he was not having it. So Kim being the savior. I had to call him I said, Kim, do you have cash on you? And he's like, yeah. And so we had to meet outside the stadium. So we had to go back out the stadium with the old man with Santos. We gave him the cash. We come back in. And at this point, I was kind of already over it. Like I just didn't want to go sit down with this guy anymore because he was so upset and he just made such a huge fuss about really nothing. I think he just completely thought we were going to like burn him in some way. And I know he has no way of knowing that we're not going to burn him. So I get that. But at the same time, it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth to go sit back down with him. And I really didn't talk to him after that. I mean, I was sitting next to him and he would try to ask me, well not ask me, he would tell me things that were going on and I just was like not into it. You know, as we all are when we watch the match, we're all experts, right? And so he was telling me about, you know, what he thinks we should do on corner kicks. And eventually I kind of opened up again and started talking to him. But man, that was such a weird situation with santos i mean he completely lost his lid you know for 60 euros essentially and again this just goes down to the modern facilities at the camp No, where there's no cash machine like what are we doing here could have been solved in two seconds so kim thank you for saving my ass on that now let's get to the match so i sit back down with santos really good seats and you know i'm a body language doctor i could just tell from the first minutes i was like man this is going to be one of the worst matches i've ever seen in my life and i and i'm very upset about this because not only with the time change but again i don't go to the camp no enough to just waste my time to go watch a match like this it's still a special thing for me to go to the camp no And to watch Barcelona, it doesn't matter what team it is. And I was pretty upset because the effort that was being done and the way we were playing was just so nonchalant. It just drove me. It drove me crazy. And I have to say, like, when we were talking after the match, Kim and his friend and myself and some other people, I can't remember a worse professional sporting event that I've been to in my life. Like everything from the crowd, the play, people just wanting to go home because it was so late. Everything combined for one of these matches where I just kept looking at the clock and I was like, oh my God, it just moved one minute. And I don't know how you felt watching it on TV, but I think many of you may have been Doing laundry in the background, you know, as we always talk about doing chores and having the match, which is a nice thing to have. But man, I was so upset and I so I said, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hyper focus on a couple players to see how they really move, because, you know, when you're watching a live, you're able to see that you're able to see it up front and see the players actual movement as opposed to just on the TV where you just get the narrow angle. So the first person I wanted to really focus on was Ferran Torres. I'm really nervous about Ferran Torres. Nothing last night showed me that he is a hungry striker. And as I was talking to Santos about this, and we were talking about this shots on goal that we had at one point where it was eight shots to Barcelona, one shot, one goal for Villarreal, is what is Ferran Torres doing? I don't see... him attacking those lanes up the middle and again at what point is the side to side passing hurting us when we don't have the talent to move it quickly and to find those passing lanes like we used to before you know one of the things that we had when we had Yes, obviously was the tempo the tempo was quick and they moved a lot every player I saw for minus Arahu essentially, which I'm going to go into in a second, was walking and it was so effin slow. I remember one of the first times I was at the Camp Nou and I was watching the match. And one of the things that impressed me seeing it live was the speed at what Barca were playing. This is like eight years ago, my first match, nine years ago. And I just remember saying to myself, man, that's why they're professional footballers look at that speed. Look at the control they have. And last night did not have that feeling whatsoever. A bombing, slow, uh, not making runs. I mean, I know it's the last game of the season, but come on, man, don't we want to get goals? Like I, I, when we were talking at the bar after the match, I said, if we got a team together right now, a five versus five aren't all of us going to be hunting for goals to try to score goals and like do anything we can to just get a goal? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand why this team doesn't get hungry for goals. It just doesn't seem like there's an alpha dog really. I mean, take Ansu out, right? That really wants to be 20 goal scorer. And I'm really nervous about that this coming season, especially if we're not able to bring higher end attacking players. Because we're going to be having these players for next season. And we don't know what kind of effort we're going to get. And I understand that everyone's optimistic still with Xavi being the coach and having an off season, But I'm telling you, these last quarter of the season after the Classico really has me concerned for the upcoming season. I told you a little bit of Arahu, And it was confirmed last night. Arahu needs to be the captain next season. It does not matter about the hierarchy or any of this BS that goes on. Arahu last night was the only player that I saw that was pushing up the tempo, had the energy for tackles, and was trying to motivate the team. And it was clear as day when you're watching it on the field. He's the one communicating, he's the one talking, Therefore, Rahu needs to be the first captain next season. I think that is mandatory because if these Busquets and Alba and Pique are still captains next season as the first captains, we have a big, big problem. Rahu leads by example and the younger players gravitate towards that. Therefore, it's super imperative that he becomes a captain next season. And again, as I have here in my notes from last night, I just says, "Rahu confirmed, he's really, really, really good." You know, you know my feelings about Rahu from the beginning of the season. I've been such a proponent of him. I love the way he plays. I love the passion he has. He's such a good defender. He's the future of Barca. But seeing him in person just supremely confirmed that, and I'm really excited about his career trajectory at Barcelona for the next five seasons for sure let's talk about Villarreal really quick I think the Villarreal first goal was the microcosm of Barcelona's season in must wins this season Villarreal gets loose on a counter we have no idea what's going on we don't understand the flanks They get one shot and they score on that one shot now again. I'm not saying this is all on Alba. I'm not saying anything like this. I'm just saying the discipline of the defense on counterattacks is still lacking and it drives me crazy. This idea of running back without having any concept of discipline and understanding like how to move your attacker. And veer him, so that he can't cut inside. For example, we just never do that. And Villarreal had nothing to play for last night. I mean, they were just as ready to go on vacation. And they were only get two goals basically off four shots. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. Anyway, I'm, I'm still, at a loss of, what I saw at the at the match last night i know it's the last game of the season and i know a lot of people are saying they had nothing to play for i understand all that but still there's just so many things that i saw last night that i found unrecognizable from the classical that we were all so excited you know that's the marker that's the height of the season under Chavi was the classical i think a couple of things things need to happen this this upcoming season i need to see more dynamic movement from this midfield i need to see pass and go i don't want to see pass and stop that is what's happening with this midfield there's so much static movement that it drives me crazy and you're not going to get anything without just standing around we're not good enough the other thing too is our crossing and one v one ability is atrocious we have nobody to really take anybody on off a dribble And that is lacking. We never have that potential. You know, like Dembele is probably the only one that has it, but he's so loose with the ball that a lot of defenders just know that, okay, maybe he'll beat me one out of four times, but the other three times I'm going to steal the ball from him. And poor Adama. If that's his last game for Barca to give that awful, basically gave the ball to Villarreal to score, that's one way to go out because as soon as he made that play, he he got subbed out. And, again, I want to see Ferran on the right side with Ansu on the left and a up the middle. Obviously, if we don't make any more changes, I think that is the attacking trio we need to go with. But, man, we need to get left back, right back. You know, unfortunately, Danny Alves, uh, if that was his last match at the Camp Nou, at least I was there to see it. But he needs to go. I mean, unfortunately. Uh, he helped us in a stopgap situation which is great and i applaud him for that but we cannot have him starting again next season like that just can't happen he's just too old and we need a better defending right back that's just what we need anyway i was just very frustrated because i was looking forward to the match i think i would have had better ganas for the match if it was at 6 30 but with the whole fiasco at 10 o'clock and then obviously with the santos issue (laughs) it kind of uh put a damper even further uh with the performance on the match so let me just finish with this la liga please 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 get your effing shit together with this scheduling and this logistical nightmare that happened to me last night after the match I was so pissed. So can you imagine? They changed the time to 10 o'clock. I go to the match. I have this Santos fiasco. I see this terrible performance by Barcelona. Then I go to the bar to go meet up with Kim and his friend to have a drink. We're enjoying it. We're talking about the match, and we're just he-hawing it up, you know? And I'm like, all right, I need to head back because I'm on the other side of the city. Okay, great. I left Kim at the bar at 1230 at night. I didn't get home till 2 a.m. And we're talking a distance of seven kilometers away, which is nothing by car. This idea of changing times drives me up the effing wall. Because of this, the Metro closed at 12 last night or 1230. I don't know if it was 12 or 1230. Regardless, it's very early. That doesn't happen here in Madrid. Hundreds of fans were stranded last night trying to get a cab back to the city. I have never, ever seen anything like it. 1230 at night, hundreds of fans were lying on the street trying to get taxis. Everyone was asking for a Cabify or a MyFree and nothing. I had to wait 30 to 40 minutes for my cab to come. This idea of this flexible timing schedule needs to be a thing of the past. I'm so over it, especially after this weekend. Follow what the Premier League does. Just set it in stone. Obviously, if there's a Champions League conflict, you move it to Saturday, but that's an easy switch and that's an understandable switch. But for people who are coming from outside Spain to come see Barcelona or to come see whatever team and to not have a time is effing ridiculous. That is one of the reasons why I took today off because I knew, I knew before that the match could be on Saturday or Sunday, right? And I did not want to take a chance that it was going to be uh, Sunday late night and not have a chance to get back to Madrid. So La Liga, you need to do something about this because you are missing out on a better fan experience. And more importantly, the logistics of what goes on in a city at 1230 at night on a Sunday. You know, it's one thing if it's 1230 on a Saturday, right? There's just more more life going on in barcelona at 12:30 on a saturday but on a sunday it's completely different so unfortunately yesterday's match really 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 left a bad taste in my mouth uh especially with just all these things that lined up obviously i had a great time with kim and his friend that's besides the point with that it was just about the match mr santos trying to get home all of this Whew. But I will be back next year. I will be back. I will just try to go to a day game. (laughs) So that I don't have to have this issue again. Anyway, thank you for hearing me rant. We're going to have an episode on Wednesday. Going to be speaking to a friend of mine about the upcoming Champions League final. We'll get the Liverpool perspective, get his in-depth information on Liverpool. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to talking to Mo on Wednesday from the Anfield Rap. So, everyone hope everyone had a good weekend. Have a good Monday. We will talk to you on Wednesday. Forza Barça. Podcast Network.